Welcome to Mastering Your Exit Strategy. I'm your host, Christine Trumbull, a certified exit planning advisor, CPA, and certified tax strategist. I've spent the last 30 years working with owners to grow and scale their businesses, and then went on to help my own husband grow his. After his passing, I moved to the next chapter, ensuring seamless transitions for family-owned and closely held businesses. Each week, we are talking to experts about growth and transition, so you can not only simplify exiting your business, but also get as much wealth out of your business as possible. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. And welcome to Mastering Your Exit Strategy. I'm Christine Trumbull, and I'm here with Scott Snyder. Scott is the president of the Exit Planning Institute and the operating partner of Snyder Premier Growth, a small family investment company. Since joining EPI, Scott has expanded the organization regionally, nationally, and globally, providing a transformational educational experience to advisors from all specialties across the globe. Scott is a nationally recognized industry leader, growth specialist, and lifetime entrepreneur. At 24, he sold his first business to a strategic buyer, his first exit, and joined forces with Chris Snyder's private exit planning and M&A firm, Aspire Management, who at the time was looking to dominate Northeast Ohio's exit planning space. Within one year, Scott took Aspire from an unknown startup to one of the most influential boutique advisory firms in Cleveland. With their passion for business strategy and serving owners and advisors alike, Snyder and Snyder purchased the Exit Planning Institute, introduced the value acceleration methodology, wrote an award-winning book, and effectively increased the business size by 10 times. Scott thrives on helping advisors learn how to educate clients, achieve market distinction, and deliver real results. In 2018, Snyder released his first book, Fishing for Value, a short story of succession planning, business growth, and exit, which is a case study ebook that helps owners and advisors tackle the common problems that arise when an entrepreneur recognizes that transition is approaching on the horizon. What is value, I mean, value acceleration. It's accelerating the value of the business, but what does, what does that encompass? Yeah. So the value acceleration methodology, again, brings, it's a proven process that brings these three elements, business, personal, and financial into your daily life. And so the, it's three gated methodology and formality. So you have discover, prepare, and decide what we teach what value acceleration teaches, what exit planning is, is that every single year we're discovering. So for my own business, every December, we do an enterprise value assessment so that we know what our value is today. We know what where we stand. And in fact, what many owners don't realize is that your business trades or sells in a range of value. So when you're on the golf course or you're in your hunting thing or whatever your thing is, and you a guy sold his business or a gal sold his business, for $20 million. And you're like, yeah, man, I probably can get $20 million. But then you get a valuation of your business only worth 12. You're like, well, what the heck? Why? It's probably because that business was stronger. So likely traded for a higher multiple, same industry. Right. So every year in discover what value acceleration methodology allows us to do is discover all of these things inside of our business that drive value and frankly drive net profits. Then we move into this prepare gate where we're running on two concurrent paths. This is what I talk about working on or in your business. So of course, there's a business path. What we don't hear, I think as business owners, 
is somebody saying, you know, Christine, you know what we should do? You need to stop living in your life and work on your life. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous and maybe a little fluffy. So we don't talk about that. But in prepare, there's always two concurrent paths. We're always working and driving more value into the business, but we're also aligning these personal goals and these personal financial goals. And they're all interrelated so that, again, when we do exit, we have all of this aligned. So then eventually we're going to get to this decide gate, which says, okay, it's time for me to sell. And we're going to execute likely an exit path, whether that be internal or whether that be external, we're going to make that exit path. The one thing that I will drive home though for the audience is by running this methodology, you can exit your business on your time frame or on unfortunately a time frame that you didn't choose. About 50% of the exits in our country are involuntary exits mm -hmm. due to what me and you know about are these five Ds. And I think a lot of us over the past two years with our pandemic has to have experienced them. It could be death, divorce, disability, partner disputes and disagreements, mm -hmm. all of these things that kill companies if not planned well. So one of the, and I know for the owners probably all listening, we all think that's ah, never going to happen to me, but it does. And so oh. whether you're, my age at 36 or a, a more veteran owner at 70 trying to actually more immediately exit, we need to be planning for that exit because 50% of the time it's unplanned. So value acceleration methodology, make sure that we're as planned, right? As we're as secure as we could be right? or something that might be thrown our way that wasn't necessarily in the cards. Right. So in regards to the value accessor value acceleration methodology and the, let's go a little bit deeper into that. Sure. And I happen to know a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, certified exit planning advisor. I mean, yeah, we're pretty deeply trained in it. I would yeah. Hope, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's like drinking from a fire hose, <laughs> but it was, it, it was good. Experience. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the three legs of the stool. What does, sure. what is that about? Yeah, so that's a concept of master planning. It's kind of what we were kind of alluding to, these like three elements that all float around. So if you think right. about a three-legged stool and you're sitting on like a bar stool and you lop one of the legs off, well, then your legs, your literal legs, will be trying to balance that thing because you're never going to be straight up. You're going to, if you pick your legs up, you're going to fall straight over. Right. Or if one leg is shorter or longer, the stool's just going to be wobbling on you. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be wobbly at best. And so these three legs of the stool are business, personal, and personal financial. Mm -hmm. And again, what we say is that all three legs of the stool need to be in equal alignment so that we're not toppling over and we're not wobbly. Mm -hmm. If we're in all equal alignment, we have something comfortable we can sit on right. and apply to our business and personal lives. If they're all in equal alignment, not only will we ensure that we have a successful monetary exit, we get the highest value for our, our business and probably... Uh, uh, probably reduce some of the taxes that we might have paid. So we have the best net proceeds, right. but we'll also ensure that we have a successful next act or phase of our life, because I know that we all have passions and purpose outside of being a business owner. So we need to be prepared for that too. So again, it goes back to this value acceleration methodology and these two concurrent paths. You could probably already tell that everything's all related, Yeah. but nonetheless, the three legs of the stool say, in order to have a successful and fulfilling and, 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 and meaningful exit, you have to have all three legs of the stool aligned. Right. And that's what we work on. Okay. So um, you've tossed around the words value and profit. Sure. 
And, um, it never, it never fails. When I start working with a client, they, they learn very quickly that profit does not equal cash. Um, and they, they're they're always, what do you mean I owe taxes? Where, where's that money? Um, so let's talk about the difference between value and profit. Yeah. So I think that there's like three challenges that probably all business owners face when they start to exit their company for years. One of the three is that they've been so focused on income generation, right? So owners, you know, again, like we kind of were, we're talking about that owners have nice companies and they generate likely a good profit, but that profit does not mean that your business is valuable. Right. And so, and this is like the big shock. So just because you make good money, good income or a good profit, doesn't mean somebody's willing to pay you for it when you're transitioned. Why? Because it might be risky for another owner to come in or another group or company or corporate buyer to come in and produce that same net profit without you, the business owner, around. So what we say and what we teach is that you need to focus on value creation or value building, because if we can increase the value, you're automatically increasing the profit. So it's like a double whammy. I think that we talk about it as like exponential growth, right. uh, exponential value. So if you increase value, you definitely will increase profit. But if you're just focused on profit generation, it doesn't necessarily increase value. So it could be equal, it could be slightly above, but it's not the same. We have to concentrate on value creation, not profit creation, if we want to sell our companies. Excellent. Excellent. So within the company and within building this value acceleration, there's something that you call the four C's. Yes. Can you, can so directly you... related, right? Yes. I like how you're peeling a layer of the onion. Back too. So <laughs> you, should be, you should be an instructor here because this, this is how it goes. So, so now let's, to your point, let's dive deeper, right? So, mm-hmm. okay. How does value and profit both increase if you're just concentrated on value? Well, in order to concentrate this, it goes back to the exit strategy of business strategy. I think by the end of our show here, we're all sitting here saying, you're right. I do things in my business every single day that'll eventually affect my exit. I just don't know that. Right. Uh, so I just need to make my, my strategy. I need to make the way I manage my business more intentional and more deliberate. But four C's, 80% of a company's value, and I actually talking private equity guys as, as the year ended and this year begun, they said, actually, it's more up to 90%. But let's say 80% of the company's value is trapped inside of these intangible capitals. These things that allow you to drive a really good profit, but might not drive a lot of value. So for example, you got a company that kicks off good profit, but all of their business or a good chunk customer concentration is with one customer. And that one customer has a deep rooted relationship with the business owner themselves. Right. Then you find that none of their like standard operating procedures are documented. None of their data flows in the right way. Employees come in and know what to do, but they don't do it very strategically and it's not repeatable. So if that company loses a couple of key people, they're kind of like, what, what, what did that person do? Right. There's no real like company culture. There's no culture. There's no internal communication. And then uh, you find that the equipment is outdated. The inventory is, is not, is not audited. And so although that profit looks good today, the buyer comes in and goes, I might buy your business, but I'm only going to pay three times net profit or three times EBITDA. And you're like, well, that competitor got six times. Why am I only getting three? Well, they're getting six times because they are concentrated on value creation. So going back to these four C's, customer capital, human capital, structural capital, and social, 
that company is independent of the owner. The owner could take two months vacation. That company would not only survive, but it would thrive. That they have standard operating procedure. They have documented and audited inventory. Their equipment is fresh and, and maintained. Their employees know exactly what to do and they're tied into the strategy. Their customers are diverse and very entangled into what they do. They're not with the owner. They're with the brand and the product. They don't frankly even care about the owner. They want to buy the product that's there. They care about the people. Right. Uh, and all of there's a culture. There's a way that we internally communicate. There's a sense of core values and mission and purpose. Now, like I might say I'm cranking out the same net profit. I'm going to pay six times for that business because I know it's scalable, repeatable, predictable, and it doesn't matter if the owner's there or not there. Now, we'd like to have them there because he's probably, he or she's probably a visionary. Well, this company produces what they do without that person around. Right. Likely, that's not the case. Not only is value increased because they're so efficient, they're actually more profitable. So it's the exponential growth that you see. So a more complex answer there, but uh, the four C's are these intangible capitals that not only grow net profits, but grow value. So if we're concentrated on those, we build both. Okay. And then can you guess where I'm going next? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about it though. I'm trying to think of my answers here. So, <laughs> so um, when you are building value, there are five stages that you go through um, in what you call value maturity. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about five, that? Yeah. So the five stages of value maturity, so for the audience too, what we're building on are these core concepts of this overall value acceleration methodology that we introduced, right? So it's rooted in some philosophies and concepts. One of these concepts is the five stages of value maturity. These are the stages that all companies kind of go through and, and to get to actual exit. So the first thing that we need to do, think about it like a staircase, right? We're walking up the staircase. The ultimate goal at the top of the staircase for any business owner is to manage value. So in order to manage their value, that means like, look, we're retired from our business. We've gone on to the next business. We bought a baseball team. We've retired into the mountains, like whatever our thing is, we're living that life now. We're managing value. Well, in order to actually unmanage it or manage it and unlock it, we need to harvest it. So we're walking down the staircase. Right. In order to harvest it, we have to strategically build it. In order to strategically build it, we got to protect it first. In order to even understand where we got to go, well, we need to identify everything that we have. So the five stages of value maturity is identify, protect, build, uh, harvest, and manage. And that's this kind of life cycle, if you will, that the business goes through. And that should be, frankly, happening, at least the identify, protect, build phases should be happening every day you walk into your company. We should always be identifying what we have, making it and making it better, making it more valuable, uh, because at some point we're going to harvest and, and want to go manage. But the five stages of value maturity really align with the value acceleration methodology and those three gates. Okay. Um, so I really want to, I hope, I, I want to make sure we have time to get into some paradigm okay. shifts that are sure. um, kind of necessary for owners. Yeah. But first, um, there's also one last thing in that overall, the overall scope of exit planning um, is uh, three gaps. Um, oh, a lot of a lot of people don't quite understand what the gaps are. Yeah, and they're very so, important to know. I think they are. I think every owner, and some of them are small. Some of them, most owners are actually quite large gaps, mm -hmm. right? Like Grand Canyon leapover kind of gaps that we need to <laughs> we need to close. Yeah. 
Um, but I think for me, I always start with the wealth gap. So there's three gaps. There's a wealth gap, a value gap, and a profit gap. Every owner has. So I always start with the wealth gap because the wealth gap is typically filled or closed by the value of the company. So, and it's a, to me, it's the simplest of the three calculations. One, we're going to look at all of your assets that you have outside of your business. And then we're going to identify what your net worth goal is. And what I like about that conversation now from the advisory side, it allows us as advisors to have more open and honest conversations with, with the business owner. So if you were interviewing me, you're like, Scott, like you're approaching 40, like, what do you want to do in the next 20 years of your life? And I'm like, well, like I'm passionate about growing my business. I have three kids. Uh, I'm really charitable. So I really like, you know, I'm trying to help out my high school, my, my high school I went to. Uh, and honestly, like the big fat audacious goal for me is I'd like to own a NASCAR team someday. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, so, and you're going to say, well, Scott, probably going to need a crap ton of money for that. So we better be <laughs> selling this business for a lot of money, right? Yep. But you'll have different ends of the spectrum, right? Like if you want to own a NASCAR team, we need 300 million. If you want to retire to a hobby farm, you might need 3 million, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that we identify these goals outside of the business. Right. You're thinking about it from a mathematical equation. Now we've said, okay, we know from paper how much you're worth without your business. We now know what your goal is because we need to fund all this stuff without your business. Mm -hmm. It creates a gap. Right. So that gap then, well, the logical question is like, well, how do I get that gap? So say I'm worth $5 million outside of my business. My goal is 20. Mm -hmm. Now my gap becomes 15 million. Right. 15 million is the question becomes, well, is your business worth 15 million? Well, we don't know. So what we're going to go do is look at your profit gap. All businesses trade on some form of cash, mostly EBITDA in the lower middle market. So you're, you're going to have a multiple range. It could be as low as three times EBITDA. Some businesses today, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at some reports just yesterday or trend for like 20 times EBITDA, like crazy numbers, crazy valuation numbers right now. Wow. So we're going to identify your profit and we're going to identify what it would trade at, at, at best case scenario and at current case scenario. That best case minus current case equals your profit gap. So if we want to trade for higher multiples, we have to become more profitable, mm -hmm. uh, which will also then identify our value gap. So we're going to take the potential profit of our business, the current profit of our business, times it by those multiples, and you're going to get two values. So, so say that we come out with the value of only, say it's only 8 million. Well, we know that that is definitely short of 15 and we have some work to do. Right. So then it recycles all the way back to this wealth gap. So wealth gap, profit gap, value gap, three mathematical equations that we all have, we've likely never calculated. Right. So, and I think it's for an owner, I think it's actually kind of cool. Like I have them, I have um, my notebooks on my kitchen table, but I literally have them in a notebook that I look at every day for like tracking and all the kind of stuff that, that I do. Right. Because I'm trying to close all those gaps, right? Because <laughs> we're from, you know, at, at some point we're going to want to exit. And, and you're going to need a crap I'm ton gonna, of money for the NASCAR I'm team. This, like, you know, it's probably not going to be, you know, I'm a big, like, you know, I'm a big, fat, hairy, audacious goal kind of guy. Uh -huh. But, you know, it's probably going to be more like, I don't know how into racing you are, but, you know, maybe like more of like an ARCA or truck series kind of thing. Not <laughs> as expensive. And I don't really have any experience racing cars. I'm just a huge fan. So, okay. and a, an entrepreneur. But yeah, nonetheless, it's probably, my wealth gap is probably massive. So, um, we really got to get to work. No doubt. There you go. <laughs> All 
All right. So let's talk about some of the paradigm shifts that are required uh, yeah. when uh, when you when we start looking at value acceleration and exit planning. Do you want me yes. to just pull some, or do you do you actually do you remember all of them? <laughs> I mean, there's there's some I pick out. I typically pick like three that come to mind, and and as a SEPA, I'm sure you could share too. So three, we've kind of talked around them. So let's yes. bring some clarity. Yes. So number one paradigm shift is that we need to focus on the now. Exit planning, I think, for most owners, are like 18, 24 months before I want to sell, mm-hmm. I start concentrating on my exit. We aren't selling homes here, folks. Like. I'm trying to sell this house right now that I'm literally sitting in, put some fresh carpet down. I'm doing some wood floors in the kitchen. I'm going to get it power washed. It's going to take a couple months, put it on the market, boom, sell this thing. That's not how it is when you sell a business. Right. So we need to start focusing on the now. You've heard me say multiple times, the things that we do everything single day in our business will eventually affect the exit of our company. So the first paradigm shift is exit strategy is business strategy. There's nothing different. So start focusing right now, even if you're saying, hey, man, I'm only 45, I'm only 50, like I'm not ready to exit. You have to start now. Right. The second paradigm shift is around the five Ds is that I think for the most part, owners go, I know that exit planning is important. Of course, I know I'm going to exit this thing someday. That day isn't for many years from now. So even though I know it's important, it's not urgent. So I'm going to kick the can down the road. You're wildly misinformed. So quick story, and I'll make it quick. Mm-hmm. When I had one of my last speaking engagements in person before our pandemic hit a couple of years ago, there was a lady sitting in the front of the crowd. And I, in my speech, I started talking about the five Ds, these things that involuntary force an owner out of their business. And she started crying. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I think I'm a decent speaker. Like, God, this lady's crying. She came up she, I, after and, she, and I noticed her. So I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested to see, like, what's up? And she said, this was, would have been February of 2020. She said uh, in September of 2019, she had a business, a gourmet a grocery store that her immigrant parents started, ran for 20 years, sold to the three sisters. The one sister was the visionary and the CEO. This sister in September got cancer. And then uh, by Christmas had passed away. And in January, to start the new year, instead of starting the new year in this happy and strategic way, they were doing a fire sale. They were just selling all the food, selling the shelves, closing their business. Because not only did the personal drama happen between the two sisters, but they couldn't figure out how to run this company because there was no exit planning done. There was no contingency planning. So in fact, it does happen. It happens about 50% of the time. Mm -hmm. So the next shift that we have to have is we need to start knowing that it is urgent and it is important. And we got to start again, focusing on the now. Right. The last one we talked about, and I like that you brought it up, we're too focused on income generation and we need to be focused on value generation. If we get the value, we'll get the income. If we just get the income, we're probably not getting the value. Right. To me, those are the big shifts. Did I miss any? Any that you're passionate about? My the one that I'm passionate about is relentless execution, and I've actually changed it to ruthless execution. Ruthless, (laughs) yeah, I like that. We thought we were kind of extreme saying relentless, but yeah, I like ruthless. Yeah, ruthless, and I use it. I've I've used it before, actually, before um, EPI. um, Just ruthlessly execute because it's it's having a strategy and going through all of the 
the, you know, creating a strategy can, can yeah. really feel like giving birth. I'm not, I know you don't, <laughs> it's don't know, it can, like the power to you. you know, yeah. like it can be very, uh, you know, it's like what you're getting ready to experience building your, you know, rebuilding a yeah. website. Sure. It's, it takes a lot, but then not executing it is the saddest, probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen companies do. You have That's this like big, beautiful strategy and you don't execute it. And if you, you know, really approach the strategies, like, you know, you guys approach yeah. relentless execution, just, you know, make sure that you do what you said you were going to do. And it, it's amazing what you can, what a company can accomplish. I'm saying for all the business owners listening, there is no doubt that this is likely one of the largest events of your entire life. Some mm -hmm. of us will literally exit our companies for $30 million, $100 million. It makes the whole thing, I don't know about you, man, but it's like, I start, I can remember my landscaping company. I literally started, I was telling you like pre-show, I started it at the seat of my geometry class in high school. Right. Like now at the time at 15 or 16, I probably didn't realize what, what we're talking about today. But like in my current business, EPI, we bought EPI with 120 SEPAs. My first office was in the back of a cigar shop. And I did not put in all of that work to not harvest the value. And we will do things that are crazy. Like, I hope that one day I exit my company for millions of dollars because I'll just be shocked. Right. right. But it is an undoubtedly one of the largest events of our entire life. So the strategy that we create to get us there absolutely needs to be executed. But I'll tell you, it's honestly a way of life for me. When my dad, Chris Snyder, who wrote the book, Walking to Destiny, where all of this stuff is 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 is, is included in, uh, I said, dad, we got to put an act. It's all about results. It's results-driven methodology. But I'm a results-driven grad, so I have this right here, a checkered flag. Now, again, you've obviously heard my racing passion, but it's not like people look at this and be like, oh, this guy's got to race cars or something. Right. The checkered flag means all the way to the finish. Right. And so to me... This is relentless execution. It reminds me whether it's the I'm on the 19th, I'm on the or I'm on the 17th hole hacking up a storm, like I gotta finish what I started. Uh, whether it's a lesson I'm teaching one of my kids, like we gotta see it all the way through, mm -hmm. or whether it's a business that I'm creating uh, and 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 building, we gotta execute because that's the difference. Like everybody always thinks like success is this like wild thing. Yeah. Success is like the typical what we learn as kids. It's like that one percent. Like I'm not very different than anybody else walking down the street. The difference is I go that like this, that little bit more and I'm not scared. Right. So I'm like, let's just fine. I'll walk off the cliff. I'm sure I'll find one. You know, like, <laughs> but nonetheless, I think that's a great that's a great shift that it's got to be results driven. We right. have once we create this thing, the strategy. To exit our company, we have to execute it because, frankly, to me as an owner, there's a lot on the line. It's not just about my personal wealth. It's about the 20 employees that I have, the 3,000 certified exit planners I have, the methodology that we teach that has taken over the market. Mm -hmm. Like if I have a crap business that can't transition and it just disintegrates, mm -hmm. what happens to you? Right. Like, Scott, I can't hold SEPA anymore. There's no EPI. Right. And for the business owners, like we're all these advisors that help me, the whole thing. Like I have, and I believe we sign up as entrepreneurs to have a bigger obligation than just me. Uh, and that's just oh, the way it is. It so is. yes, it's all about you know, a deep passion for, for execution. So I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Good. One last question, because sure. I firmly believe that we must continue learning. What are you currently reading? 
God, I wish I could pick up my computer and, and show you all of the stuff. So I, uh, so there's all, I, I, I so I, I jump around. Mm-hmm. I would say that um, right now I'm, I'm right now I'm a, I read predictable success. We talked about this pre-show too. Mm-hmm. So predictable success uh, is a good one. Okay. Les has, his name is Les. Les has a, a follow-up book that I, I'm starting called The Synergist. So it talks about these personalities inside of your executive leadership team. Uh, and uh, it's it's pretty cool to kind of see it all aligned. So those are probably the two right now that, that I'm reading. The, okay. Probably the ones that are active. I'm also reading this book about becoming a monk, but that's neither neither here nor there. Is, so, that, is that after, is that after the exit? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's not. I always think that, I think it's a fascinating like way of life. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like I've always wanted to also go on like a silent retreat because oh, okay. clearly I talk a lot and I'm like super pumped. So like sitting in a room for like three days, like meditating and not being able to talk to people is like probably the hardest thing I could possibly do. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> I have it on audiobook. So when I go back and forth from my office or I have like a longer drive in front of me, right. I put on this like, uh, it's like becoming a monk. Uh, and it's about like the monk life and what they believe in and how they're like centered. Okay. I could probably use a little bit of that in my life. I don't know. So, you know, <laughs> challenge yourself a little bit. But honestly, Excellent. the predictable success and the synergist are two books that I'm actively reading right now that I would say are absolute business reads for people. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much. I'm going to put links to EPI and all of uh, all of the social media links, uh, all of the links that anybody might need or want uh, in the show notes so that everybody can have access to everything. Um, And thank you very much. Um, And I I mean, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate having me.